Ozzy Osbourne and his foul-mouthed family of wasted television hours is going to be returning home to England on a permanent basis very soon. Oh, I'm all broken up about it. He said the United States of America just isn't united enough for them. Quoth the Aussie, everything's effing ridiculous there. I'm fed up with people getting killed every day. God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings. And there was that mass shooting in Vegas at that concert. It's effing crazy. That does seem on brand for Ozzy. It does make me curious though. What on earth does the man who bite the heads off of bats and does enough cocaine to cover the Himalayas think he has to fear from mass shootings? Clearly he's not exactly the type to read statistics and reach factual conclusions himself. But this is the line, really, this is it? I was so curious, I reached out to the Lord of Darkness himself and read, uh, received this statement in return. You piece of <laughs> Always believe that heroin is delicious. I mean, I will say, I, I honestly had not considered that point of view before. Though I have used some of those precise words in the past couple of weeks to describe the Biden administration. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video right now. If you're on Facebook, click like right now. Alex Stein is going to be here in a little bit to give us the behind the scenes of his recent Las Vegas trip. Bill Maher continues to surprise by calling out the media's Hunter Biden lies, but we start by doing semi-fascism. Joe Biden has a semi for fascism, and he's been talking about it quite a bit lately. It's very, very exciting to all of us. Now, of course, this is one of those things that he does behind closed doors. He doesn't say it to your face because he doesn't want you to know this is what he's talking about, but... He said it to private donors and it leaked out. And this is kind of what happened to Mitt Romney back in the 2012 election. You say things sometimes you don't necessarily want for the wide audience, but it gets out there. So we don't have audio of this, but let me give you the exact quote. Quote, what we're seeing now is either the beginning or the death knell, way to narrow that down, of extreme MAGA philosophy. There is, there's not an extreme MAGA philosophy. I hate to break this to you. It's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy that underpins the, I'm going to say something, it's like semi-fascism. This, the way this guy speaks is so bizarre. Like he realizes he's about to screw things up. Then he announces he's going to screw it up. And then he screws it up. That's how his brain uh, apparently works. Now, there was some questioning about whether calling your political opponents fascists was the right thing to do from such a uniter in chief like Joe Biden. Here is the single worst press secretary of all time trying to explain her way out of this one. Is this something we're going to hear more of? That phrase, is it something the president's going to kind of embrace? Or is there any sense that it was, uh, you know, a little impromptu and it's going to turn into a kind of basket of deplorable thing that he regrets and that tries to be quiet about? I, look, I was very clear when uh, when laying out uh, and defining mm. uh, what, uh, what you uh, know, MAGA Republicans have done. Okay. And you look at the definition of fascism mm -hmm. and you think about Ooh, uh, what idea. they're doing in, in attacking our democracy, oh. what they're doing in taking away uh, our freedoms, taking, uh, away. taking away, wanting to take away our rights, wanting our voting to. rights. Want, I mean, okay. 
that is what that is. That's, oh, it is very clear. That's, and that's why he made that um, that uh, that powerful speech mm. uh, that you heard uh, from him last night. And what? he has not shied away from saying that. You have He's heard him never uh, maybe not use that specific word, mm-hmm. but you have heard him uh, certainly <laughs> use that de- definition. I don't know. It's kind of weird coming from uh, the uniter in chief here. Let's let's listen to NBC News and their analysis. You know, Chuck, what's interesting about this when he, as you described, used the word semi-fascism to describe the MAGA philosophy this week. Let's go back to March when he was in Poland. He said of Vladimir Putin that he couldn't stay in power. And that became controversial. The White House, you know, backpedaled on that and walked that back. There's no backpedaling on this. It's clear that there's a more aggressive strategy. It does become problematic because, you know, this is a guy who said he wanted to be a unifier. You know, he said that, but nobody should have believed him. And he came in to office under false pretenses. He lied to the American people over and over again, saying he was this middle of the road moderate guy that was going to. He said he basically ran like he was Joe Manchin. Now, his policies were never Joe Manchin. And we noted that extensively at the time. His policies were to the left of any modern Democratic candidate. Uh, Period. There's no other. There's no exceptions. Uh, He was just the most extreme to the left that we've ever seen in history. That is a big, big issue. But no one looked at his policies. They looked at his tone. They looked at Donald Trump's tone. He was saying he was pointing his finger and he was saying loud things. And I don't know. They were scary, those tweets. And then they looked at Joe Biden. He was like, I'm 157,000 years old. How could I possibly do any harm? Well, he's figured it out. I don't know if you've noticed it over the past few weeks. Now, Corinne Jean-Pierre mentioned the definition of fascism. Then she went on to blurt out about 65 words in no particular order. So I thought maybe instead we look at the actual definition of fascism. Here it is. A political philosophy, movement or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual. And that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader severe economic and social regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition. Now, you know what fascism is, but again, Biden didn't say it was fascism per se. He said it was semi-fascism. So what is semi-fascism? Semi-fascism is a now nonsensical buzzword derived in the dementia-riddled brain of a geriatric president in effort to scare up support from a withering political base. Now that, that's not exactly. See, again, we went offline there. That's not, that's not, the technical definition of semi-fascism. There is not one because there isn't, it doesn't really exist. But it's something that they want to exist because they want to pin it on Republicans. They want to win this election very badly. Remember, this is a president that just gave away a trillion dollars without Congress. That's how badly he wants to win this election. That's how badly he wants you not to care about this election so that they can hold on to power. This is what they want very, very badly and they're willing to break seemingly almost any uh, rule and tradition and standard and practice to do so. That's just kind of what they're doing at this point. We'll see how far that goes. But a lot of times we sit around and we say, hey, that's like the textbook definition of fascism. That's the textbook definition of it. And I thought, you know, we say that a lot. I say it a lot. And it's usually what that means is a summary of what we're talking about. You know, it's the, the basic de- definition that we all agree on. But I thought maybe instead this time we should actually take the textbook out and go through it and say, see what it really says about fascism. This is a textbook, second edition of political ideologies, their origins and impact. It's in their 13th edition now, but I happen to have the second edition from back in the day. And I wanna give you uh, some of the pieces of this because I don't know, I was, I was trying to define which party seems to have more similarities with fascism. Was it the Republicans? 
or is it the Democrats? Is it conservatism or is it liberalism? Because the, the way that I look at conservatism, and this is uh, something that I think has been well understood by people for generations, certainly going back to Barry Goldwater at the very least, is to say that conservatism is a, is a, is a pursuit of limited government. It's, a, it's an idea that maybe strong defense, maybe uh, tough on crime could be an aspect that I think would be fairly associated with conservatism. But generally speaking, what we're talking about is a very limited government that does not get in the way of business, of personal affairs, that tries to stay out of that stuff, to let you live your life. They don't direct you around every single corner. That's what I'm pushing for. What I want is a limited government, a constitutional republic, the one we're supposed to have. The one where you don't have the right to spend a trillion dollars without Congress. We have a constitution and you follow it. That's the one I want. Is that the one the left wants? So let's look at the textbook uh, definition of fascism. This is, again, from political ideologies, their origins in impact. Uh, Mussolini, of course, he created fascism. Mussolini created a totalitarian state. Indeed, it was he who coined the word. Not content with political power alone, he believed that the government and ultimately the government's leader should completely control every aspect of human existence. Consequently, like Stalin, Hitler, and Mao, he tried to build up the state's power, extending it into the most private aspects of the citizens' lives. Now, if you want limited government, how can you have a limited government when you want to go through and control every aspect of human existence? How can you do that? When we're talking about healthcare legislation, we say, hey, we should think the market should be able to figure it out. People should be able to make their own decisions. And they say, here's an entire plan controlling every aspect of human existence. But we're supposed to be the fascists here. Is that right? Really? Is that right? Let's go on, do a little bit more, because I'm, I'm confused exactly how we're the ones here. We have a situation where Ben Shapiro can't show up at a podcast conference because he's, I guess, conservative and Jewish. He's not allowed to be there. He's being thrown out. I don't know which side of the aisle seems more fascist, the side that welcomes Ben Shapiro or the side that kicks the Jewish Ben Shapiro out of conferences for ex his mere existence. Which side seems more like fascism? And to get a little more economic rather than the, uh, the anti-Semitic version of what we saw uh, recently, you know, we just had two states. Now, Washington followed California in saying that you will no longer be able to sell gas-powered automobiles in our state after 2035. There's nothing conservative about that philosophy. That's a liberal philosophy. It is a centralized government choice to tell businesses what they can and cannot make. That's what happened under fascism. The centralized state would come to the, to the uh, companies and say, you know what, I know you're making radios, but we don't want you to make radios, we want you to make missiles now. Hey you, we don't want you to make missiles anymore, we want you to make radios. We want you to do this, and you to do this, and you to do this, and controlling every aspect of human existence. You can't do that when you have a limited government. It's impossible. That's the brilliance of it. A little bit more from political ideologies, their origins and impacts, uh, the chapter on fascism. Quote, the state controlled and regulated almost every conceivable social, economic, and political activity of its citizens. Through this mechanism, almost every aspect of daily existence was controlled. Does this sound conservative to you? Jobs, hmm, wages, huh. 
Fringe benefits, huh? Housing, huh? Retail goods, I just told you how you could only buy certain types of cars. Uh, recreation, and recreation, Enter how about entertainment? You can't watch Gina Carano anymore on, uh, on a Star Wars series. How many things get banned and pulled off the air? Education, huh? They were all part of this elaborate organization, which, of course, was fascism. And, of course, it wasn't just the power of the government. It was much more than that. You know, you, you can't just have the power of the government and a, an awake and aware populace because it won't work. They'll fight back against it. They'll push back against it. They'll overwhelm you. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to have centralized control, a very strong state to enforce these things. But you also need to have a plan, a plan to make sure to convince people that eh, the truths that they've always known are no longer true. The things that you've always believed are no longer things. Men, women, you can't tell. How could you tell? It's impossible for you to be able to tell such a thing. The truth can't be the truth. You can't depend on it. There's no foundation anymore. It's all liquid, nothing solid. And that way, when you're looking for what the truth is, just come to us. We're the state. We'll be able to tell you exactly what the truth is. They did this over and over and over again in fascist nations. Fascism rejects objective science and reason. Objective truth is either a hoax or unimportant because the really important truths defy rational understanding. Those who believe in reason, therefore, are deluding themselves and grasping at a as a false reality. You know, if you think you know what a woman is, well, you don't. That's a false reality. It's unimportant. It's a hoax. What, what's important is what we say is important. We're the state. We will tell you what is real and what isn't. Think about the era we're, leaving, we're living in. We can't, we have Supreme Court justices that cannot identify what a woman is. This isn't some MSNBC correspondent idiot, some left-wing blogger, some commenter on Reddit. This is a Supreme Court justice who can't tell you what a woman is despite the fact that she is one. You have the entire media echoing this idea that abortion is health care. It's the opposite of health care. It's ending a life. Yet it's health care. We hear that every white person is racist just based on the color of their skin, which to me sounds a lot like racism. When you're assigning negative characteristics to an entire race based on their skin color, that sounds like racism to me. It sounds like racism to you, too. It sounds like racism to everyone until about five minutes ago when all of a sudden this universal truth, this idea that you judge people on the content of their character and not the color of their skin, all of a sudden that became a hoax. That's not real. Colorblindness, that's not a goal to chase. That's terrible. What we need is reverse racism. What we need is Ibram X. Kendi. What we need is the only solution to past uh, discrimination is current discrimination. The only solution for current discrimination is future discrimination. That's the new truth, everybody. We have the idea that drag queen shows for kids are fantastic, a wonderful way to open up their horizons. We have the idea that words are violence. We have the idea that riots are mostly peaceful protests as buildings burn behind the news anchors. We have the idea that the Constitution is alive. It's not a, it's not a document that we write things down on that are supposed to be universal foundational truths, no, no. It's alive and can change whenever you need it to change. Uh, sure, the president can spend a trillion dollars without Congress on loans. Of course they can. 
if you don't know that there's a foundational truth that the Congress has the power of the purse, of course you can do this. And he's done it over and over again. Even when he knows it's going to be overruled by the courts, he does it over and over and over again. There's no truth anymore. It's just what he says. It's what the government says. That's the truth. That's a lot closer to fascism than anything Republicans do. I'll tell you that much. How about this? Mussolini begged his audiences to have faith in the Italian myths. We have created our myth. This is a quote from Mussolini. We have created our myth. The myth is a faith. It is passion. It is not necessary that it be reality. It is reality by the fact that it is a goal, a hope, and a faith. Though it could not be scientifically or objectively proved, it was true simply because it existed and served a purpose. Is that not 90% of our discourse right now? That's not, that's not me saying stuff like that. I'm not saying it. That's not us. Look at the White House. They're following this playbook to a T lately. Is there even truth in this world? You don't seem to be able to depend on it, especially from the, the administration right now. And Mussolini, the creator of fascism, outlined that clearly. Truth is a subjective quality available only to a few gifted people whose will or spirit or personality is greater than that of the masses. Those with superior will perceive a higher truth than others. They instinctively realize the right. And to those and those who are not so gifted should listen to them, having faith in their leaders' intuitions and following their orders. You might think you understand how to choose between a man and a woman, but you're not one of the gifted few. The gifted few with the will to understand the truth. You don't have that. You're, you're a little peasant. Who are you? Are you one of them? No? Then you don't get to choose. They get to choose. They tell you what is true and what is not. Doesn't matter if we have thousands of years of evidence on the other side. Look, the truth is conservatism has nothing to do with fascism. The conservative utopia includes a government that is necessarily limited in its power. So that, even if it really wanted to, imposing complete control on the populace would be impossible. This idea, based squarely among the beliefs of the founders, does not include us finding and picking the best possible leaders. In fact, it automatically assumes we will screw things up and sometimes pick someone absolutely horrible. Inherent in the conservative model is that there might not be even anyone available possibly out there who can do the job well enough to manage a system like this and be fair to everyone. So recognizing human fallibility, our founders said, mm, I don't know, what about self-government? We make some wide guardrails and basically let people live their own life. We will protect life, liberty, and the right to pursue happiness, not get it, but pursue it. Usually the critique from the left is that we want some sort of unregulated wild west where everything goes all the time. Now, this isn't true, but it's certainly closer to the truth than the idea that we're trying to implement fascism. But the left always wants it both ways. They want to be able to say that we desire some libertarian utopia when we're talking about health care, but also want to say that we're fascist because we like the military and we don't want our cops shot on the street. There is no such thing as Wild West fascism. You can try to pin one or the other on the right, but you can't have both. It is the left that wants the state to control every conceivable social, economic, and political activity of its citizens. It is the left 
that says gender, as we've understood it for centuries, is either a hoax or unimportant because the really important truths defy rational understanding. It is the left that sees a fork in the road, with one choice being human freedom and the other choice a steep, rocky path that ends up in fascism and says, hey, let's jog a few miles down that road to fascism and see what happens. We're experts. We can always stop at the right time. Trust the science, everybody. I got another idea. Let's sprint in the other direction. Let's not risk tripping and falling down that steep, rocky path because we will not like what is at the bottom. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. And it can be five, ten times worse if you're not working with the right real estate agent. Generally speaking, how do you find your real estate agent? Hmm, Uh, the guy on the bench, the lady at the coffee shop, the friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Whatever it is, it's probably not the best way to pick, right? It shouldn't be about personal relationships. It should be about who does the best job. And that's why you need an agent who can take all of this very seriously. That's why I recommend realestateagentsitrust.com all the time. To everybody who's moving, buying, or selling a home, I always say the same thing. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the right person in your area. Get the person who knows what they're doing, who knows the process, who knows the market, who knows how to manage your biggest financial transaction. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there and provide them with some basic info. They'll contact you and make the introduction to the preferred agent in your town. realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, Alex Stein is with us in studio. He's a Blaze TV contributor and host of Conspiracy Castle, and he's been causing lots and lots of problems lately. He's been a very bad boy. Alex, welcome to the program. Well, nothing new, Stu. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. But, you know, uh, it's like the movie Nightcrawler, where the guy, he was, you know, a stringer, where he'd go film the accidents. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then eventually he didn't find enough accidents, he would cause them himself. I feel like I am that <laughs> character now. Now I just cause the accidents myself. It's, <laughs> I don't know if you want to associate no, yourself with that I character. No, I don't think I do. No, Stu, it's not good. This is not healthy. I I need to see a psychiatrist. I need some mental health, uh, uh, you know, services yeah. right now. It's probably, it's, it's at least possibly true. I want to get into this. I, I want to go through the whole scenario of events here because it's been a whirlwind couple of weeks for you here. It always is. It always is. Now, you, uh, of course, we've talked about it before. You go in front of these uh, city councils. You uh, talk about something of cultural significance in a, in a way of kind of calling out its absurdity, right? And uh, what do you call it? Culture jamming? Is it? You nailed it. Culture, culture jamming. jamming. Okay. Yeah, jamming the most absurd parts and trying to make it uh, seem real. Like I like to mix my brand of humor is mixing absurdity with reality. So you try to make the most absurd things seem real, hmm. and that's my combination for humor. Okay, so you d- you've done a bunch of these, and they've been really successful online. You got, got a big following now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you went to Las Vegas recently, and I want to show a clip of what you did in Las Vegas, and then we can talk about it and, and how it's devolved into madness. Watch. Excuse me. You said your name was Alex Stein? Yes. Okay, thank you. What I'm saying is these casinos give people free drinks, and then they become vulnerable, and then end up gambling more money than they have. Yeah. And I was a victim of that, and I lost a lot of money. And I'm facing a lot of issues right now. My wife's boyfriend recently got her pregnant, and I'm here for a church event um, speaking. for I'm a member of the Church of Scientology, and I don't normally drink. But I'm very vulnerable. I'm in a position now where I don't know what I'm going to do because financially I'm going to have to take care of this baby potentially because he's out on parole right now, and he has an upcoming case where he could be facing a long time in jail. 
So potentially, I'm going to have to financially support this baby, and I come to Las Vegas for a work event, and I get fed alcohol, and I get entirely way too intoxicated. I go to the ATM. I use my credit card. They make it very accessible to be able to gamble with my credit card. You know this, Mary Goodman. They make it absolutely incredibly accessible, Councilman, to be able to take all I have. And now I got to go back to Clearwater, Florida, and I have nothing. So after this, after I start drinking, I'm, 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 very, I'm very distraught. And the one good thing about this city, I will say, the one good thing is, I, of all the cities I've been to, it's the first city last night at 4 a.m. I saw multiple people on Fremont Street taking the vaccine. That's the only place I've seen a 24-7 vaccine uh, operation in the United States of America. And that's here in Las Vegas. I saw lots of people on Fremont Street doing the vaccine. And I, I want to commend you the one thing. No, I'm sorry. That's funny stuff. I mean, they you're and it's like it's interesting because you are you're kind of known for really political type of stuff. A lot of times you're in there calling out kind of the conservative view on whatever issue. This one's really more just a, a cultural cr- criticism of Las Vegas, right? Yeah, 100 percent. I was just kind of vibing with, uh, you know, the shtick of Las Vegas, yeah. you know, almost like the hangover kind of was, you know, almost a little bit of an inspiration. And uh, just calling out, you know, they do take advantage of tourists with the gambling. You know, I've, I've been over-served and lost some money. I mean, I, I haven't lost them everything. as well for all my losses. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting because you, so you went there and you did this speech. And eventually they kind of realized who you were yes. towards the end of the speech mm-hmm. and then kicked you out, basically, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they're allowed to do. Are they allowed no, to do No, we're suing them. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Fiore, we're suing you if you're watching this. So, And uh, Mayor Goodman is actually pretty nice. I'm not going to mention her in the lawsuit because she didn't kick me out. But, you know, I know we only have a limited amount of time, but there is a proper procedure of how to remove somebody. And a council member cannot remove you. The mayor can remove you. And Goodman didn't remove me. This is similar to my case against Dallas County. Clay Jenkins, I'm suing them. They've already tried to settle. We denied the settlement. We're taking it to court. So, yeah, do not mess with the primetime 99. I got lawyers, money in the bank, shorty, what you drank. <laughs> so you're talking about Vegas. You're talking about, hey, they, they bring people in, you know, they get them drunk. They take advantage of them, which obviously is their entire business model. Mm-hmm. And you're also mentioning there ha- happens to be a lot of people shooting up drugs in the street. Like, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, and Stu, t- that's the one thing, you know, I did want to bring up. When I was in Las Vegas, and I hadn't been since before the pandemic, because now I'm traveling because, you know, they've, you know, gotten rid of the mask mandate. But I'm telling you, I saw more homeless people there than I'd ever seen in my entire life, just Mm. everywhere. I felt a little uncomfortable to walk around, and I was staying in downtown for an event, and downtown Las Vegas was the worst I'd ever seen it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's sad, because it is, you can have good experiences in Vegas. I've had trips there that I've had a great time. I've had some of the best times of my life in Las Vegas, and the worst. Yeah, 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 of course. That's that's the city. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let me take it past this. So you you do this, it kind of takes off as it usually does, Mm -hmm. and... This one, because I think because it's not overtly political and you're dead, deadpan the entire time. Mm-hmm. Some people see it like Dave Portnoy, I guess, and the people over at Barstool. They see it and they basically take it, I think, as serious. Like you were out there just had a bad weekend and you're trying to yell at the guy at the city council about well, it. What got their attention is Chad Ochocinco, the football player. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've yeah. heard of Chad Johnson. Yeah. He shared it. And, and he actually didn't even share my version of it. He Somebody screen recorded it. <laughs> and in that version, mine got a million, but this other person's got, you know, a million even before mine. That's how it typically works. And so when they saw Chad Johnson post it, Barstool's like, oh, well, let's repost it because it's obviously popular. It's not political. If mm-hmm. Chad Johnson is posting it. Sure. It was up for about an hour. They quote tweeted me. It's, you know, getting all this hits, you know, all these hits because Barstool is such a big social media following. 
And then an hour later, they take it down. So I, t- I just b- basically do a quote tweet of where it says, when you delete a tweet, it says deleted by author. And mm-hmm. I just quote tweeted that. And all I said was, it's, it's such a joke that Barstool Sports would delete my tweet when Dave Portnoy is accused of some of the most <laughs> heinous acts, yet they're too scared to keep my content up. But I know you're laughing, even though he's accused of it. The point I was making You did was, escalate that pretty quickly. I did I escalate did. it, but I'm the I escalator. Mean, my, that's my, that's mm-hmm. my middle name is the escalator. Actually, mm-hmm. it's escort because I get escorted out of so many meetings. But mm-hmm. that, what I'm saying is... <laughs> I was calling him out a little bit, but I didn't say what the allegations were. Everybody knows he's he's accused of you know sexual assault. There are there are some accusations against mm-hmm. Dave. So uh, he, as he typically does, does not take this line down. He gets very pissed off at you. Yes. And then it turns into this big thing. So how does he? Because it seemed like their argument was they took it down because what it put gambling under a bad light or something, which. Again, I don't know. But they are a very large company that has a lot of gambling connections. Well, they're owned by Penn Gambling, which yeah. is a gambling company. So they, they went from a media company now where Dave Portnoy sold all of his stock in it. And now he's actually even admits he's an employee of Penn Gaming. So because they're a gambling company, they don't want to, you know, highlight degenerate gambling. But at the right. same time, this almost kind of makes you not to gamble. I guess this kind of warns you not to gamble of the bad stuff. And they have all kinds of degenerate videos where people are, you know, betting $5,000 on like a roulette and they win and they go crazy. Yeah. You know, so they show. You can highlight the degenerate gambling when you win. That's easy. You can, you can that's do okay. that. Yeah, but the yeah. degenerate gambling when you lose, no, that, that could cost them money. And so what he did is he posted it and he said that, uh, you know, he called me out. He, he went and said, oh, you know, yada, 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 like a long post. And he just did a short one. He said, I effing hate Alex Stein and I, I'm rooting for his demise. And then Dan Crenshaw <laughs> retweeted that. Right. Dan Crenshaw, a congressman. <laughs> I mean, I'm friends with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm friends with congressmen and women. But it, it just when Dan Crenshaw is getting involved in this, you know it's the zeitgeist. The collective consciousness is all involved in this stupid video, the stupid internet drama. Well, you've also had issues with Dan Crenshaw. Oh, yeah, Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw. I'm public enemy number one. <laughs> yes. no, Dan Crenshaw. Okay. He's had me escorted out of events. No, no, him and I have a history as well. But what I'm saying is you would think that he would be a little apolitical, not getting involved in a little internet drama with Barstool Sports and Alex Stein from the blaze. But no, of course, Dan Crenshaw ingratiates himself in it. And then what happens is, is Dave Portnoy decides to invite me on his podcast. He's like, oh, Alex, sure. sends me a message. I'll have you on. I said, of course, 100 percent. Here's my email. That would be a fascinating conversation. It would be a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Talk about good content because mm-hmm. him and I disagree. And this is why, listen, Dave Portnoy did a lot of good stuff. He created you know that restaurant fund where during the pandemic he yeah. gave a lot of people but at the same time you know that is a tax write-off but let's not get into that let's not get into that <laughs> right? let's okay. not get into the benefits of that uh, what, where I lost me for over, when they overturned Roe versus Wade, Dave Portnoy went on the longest rant talking about oh, yeah. how this is terrible. This is, you know, against women's health. And that's when he lost me because, you know, there's a few major issues. I can give you a break on a lot of stuff. But when you're a guy that's that powerful, that has that big of a following, basically crying that little babies are going to live, I lose all respect for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just too big of a topic. I know it's, you know, important to you. Yep. It's important to me. I mean, how could you be pro-abortion when you have all that power? Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, you know, look, Dave, uh, take out these sexual uh, assault yeah. sort of claims here. Uh, he's well known for betting every 19-year-old in Nantucket. Yes. This is sort of his, I mean, he, you know, he brags he has, about it. He's, the videos have come out. He's bragged about the videos. But you know he has released sex tapes. You can type in Dave Portnoy. I don't know if you know this. I, yeah, yeah, I yes. do remember the controversy. Yes, he uh, has so, sex so, tapes. You can Google it. Uh, yes. Or 
Don't or do not. that. Or do not, not Google not. it. Do not Google day porn. But I, I, what I remember about that incident, at least the one I'm thinking of, sex tape wise, I don't know if there's multiple, but one of them was his response to it was basically to brag about how good he was at having sex. Oh yeah. Right? Like, he so down. That's, that's the attitude. He doubles down. Um, so he's going through this, but he seems to get really irritated by this particular controversy with you. He deletes the tweet. He does not. Uh, he's, you guys do not wind up having. Uh, he does not. You do not go on his show. No. And then somehow G- our own Jason Whitlock gets pulled into this. How, how did that happen? Well, of course, because you know Whitlock's a friend of mine, and Whitlock's all the drama. And, and Portnoy was getting ratioed bad because we were like, "Have him on your show." And you know that's where you get you know more response uh, from the people, other people tweeting your stuff than you. You know, so he was getting ratioed by me, by other people. And so Whitlock, who was the same, I think he had the same experience I did. He liked Dave at one point, and then he kind of realized, "Oh man, he's pro-abortion and he's an elitist." And this is what Dave did. He sent me this message, and I said once he you know, took me off, decided not to have me on his podcast. I like, is it because you're getting humiliated? And then he messaged me back. He messaged me back. I don't oh. know why I didn't take that so nicely. I don't know. Well, and then he messaged me back. Oh, well, I'm not humiliated. I'm going to sleep very soundly on my $500 million. Mm. And then he takes a DM and he shares that. And, right. then on, and then on top of that, the next response was, and I go, well, the $500 million that you got from getting children addicted to gambling. And uh, and he tweets both of those. He screens it. Not me. Right, not I don't you. leak the DMs. He leaks he the DMs. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem is people right now are struggling so hard. You know, we're going through a recession. We're going through massive inflation. That's called stagflation. I mean, and then on top of that, they're hiring 87,000 IRS agents to audit any mom and pop that does a Venmo transaction for more than 600. Or a gambling transaction. Yeah, the, well, yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying right now, people are hurting. People are crushed at the gas tank. You know, the rent is skyrocketing. You can't even afford uh, you know, a single family home this day and age. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't have $500. Yeah. And he's basically bragging about his money. And that's what I try to do is I try to call out elitism and hypocrisy. And he fell right into my trap. And all those people, when he was doing those brags like that, he lost a lot of respect from his own fans. Well, let me let me follow up on what you just said, because you, you mentioned all the things that are going on in the country and under the Biden administration. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's a yeah. lot of things, the inflation, the economy, all those things. And there's an argument to be made that like Portnoy, who's never been a conservative. I mean, he's never no. I don't think he's ever even said he, he did interview Donald Trump, but he's not a conservative. He's you know, he's he's really a sports guy and he has his views on certain things. Obviously, sometimes I think he's right. Sometimes I think he's wrong, but he's not where we have a world where so many people are full direct enemies of what you think of as conservative values. And then you have other people like Portnoy, like maybe even Dan Crenshaw, who, Ted Cruz, you had a a little bit of an issue with Ted Cruz as well. Now Cruz, I would say, you know, most things, I think Ted Cruz does a pretty good job on. I would agree with that. Cruz is better than Crenshaw, 100%. But these people don't, they have varying levels of, uh, friendliness to conservatism, perhaps, mm-hmm. as opposed to the mainstream media who vilifies every single thing we say, as opposed to the Democrats who do vilify everything we say. Is there an argument to when you're when you're now you didn't pick the Portnoy fight by any means, mm-hmm. but like you like picking fights with uh, people all over the spectrum. Should, some people say, hey. Alex, we love what you do, but you should do this on the left. Don't don't blow up all of the people on the right, too. We need them. Yeah, I do. They get a little in trouble with that. They said shoot outside <laughs> the tent. But, you know, I'm a, I'm against globalism. And I think a lot of these guys that are giving money to Ukraine and these people, you know, they don't really care about what's happening in Texas. And you look at our border. I mean, our border is an absolute crisis mm. with, with sex trafficking and drug trafficking. So these politicians in Texas, I don't care what side you're on. I, I'm seeing Texas almost devolving. And then you see all these people moving in from California and you see the people like Beto O'Rourke, who hasn't won any election other than city council. He's starting to get some, you know, some heat or some stamina, even though and I think he just said that he's out temporarily 
with a viral infection. My point being is these politicians, very few of them have our back because once they get in power, they want to try to appease everybody. Yeah. And that's not that's not the politics we need to play. But to the one thing about how Portnoy is not a conservative, but he moved to Florida because he liked the, you know, the taxes and the regulations in Florida. So yeah. he's a little more conservative than, he, you know, he's a. He acts like he's not a conservative, but obviously he has some conservative values. Yeah, it's funny because I remember hearing an interview with a, an offensive lineman years and years and years ago, and he was talking about how he got drafted, and they're gonna, he's going to get this big contract, and he was, he's like, I was in college, complete liberal, until I got mm. that first paycheck. Of course. And I looked at how much taxes they were taking out, and all of a sudden I was really conservative. Uh, it's a fascinating thing. I don't know how you can keep up with it because there's so much stuff going on. Do you have more? Of the, are, are there more videos uh, about to come out? Do we have anything on, on tap we can talk <sighs> well, about? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have a lot. I'm actually going to be in uh, D.C. in September, so I'm sure there's going to be some drama. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, it's kind of my mama bear is Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's one of my good friends. So she's going to probably help me a little, give me a little assist. So I'm definitely going to be causing some drama in September in D.C. And I would Dave Portnoy, I'm going to be in New York City. I might not catch Dave, but I think me going to Barcelona Sports is almost inevitable. So, oh wow, yeah. So there's going to be a chapter two, you know. And you got to. This is the thing is too, you know. Once you create all this drama, this dust up, you kind of got to let the dust settle, and then you got to reignite it. You can't just keep it going. You can't, you know. You got to let it cool off. And then you reignite it. Well, for anyone out there worried about Alex Stein going a little bit too far, don't worry. He's got Marjorie Taylor Greene right there. To yeah, exactly. Line. She's even crazier than me. And listen, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, that's one thing. These politicians, a lot of them don't have a sense yeah. of humor. Marjorie Taylor Greene, if she likes me, she has a sense of humor. That's, so There you go. So you have to give her that credit. And then the other thing is, you know, I gotta, I gotta have some allies. When you hear guys like Dan Crenshaw retweeting that he's rooting for my demise, <laughs> I'm happy that I have some people. So I love you, Marjorie. If you're watching this, I love the politicians that do like me. She's not the only one. I get messages yeah. and other politicians that follow me. But listen, in this world uh, where it's almost impossible to be political, it's almost impossible to take sides because of the identity politics, which has gotten so intense that I feel like I'm on the side of the good guys trying to fight for America first or trying to put America, you know trying to make America in a good light instead of tearing it down. I know, like you said earlier about, oh, you know, don't go after these people. We have to go after the people that I think that are destroying our country due to these multinational corporations that donate money through their political action committee. So that's why I'm not afraid to call out anybody on any side. I don't care about calling people out on our own side. I think that's the right thing to do. If you feel it, you should do it. Um, I have no friends, uh, politicians or otherwise, so don't worry about that. Alex Stein, Blaze TV contributor, a host of Conspiracy Castle, and uh, many new videos coming soon. (laughs) Uh, Plenty to talk about. We'll have him back on again. Alex, thanks so much for coming. Thank you, Stu. It's always a pleasure. I'd like to pause the show for a moment to wish Colin Kaepernick and his partner, Nessa Diab, a hearty congratulations on their healthy newborn child. There is nothing more incredible than bringing a new life into this world, even if it's a Kaepernick. And I'm super glad they didn't abort it. I sincerely wish all the health and happiness in the world to the Kaepernicks. And as a father myself, I'd like to offer a little bit of advice to the new father. Don't lose any more jobs to Blaine Gabbert. A new study shows that with inflation, raising a child can cost you over $300,000. And you're going to need to not lose any more jobs to Blaine Gabbert if you're going to cover that cost. Perhaps you should consider a merch line to help out. I know I did. Uh, This is studosmerch.com right now. You can go there and get an exclusive item from my collection. It says on it, always remember, before Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he lost his job to Blaine Gabbert. Yes, we've got mugs and T-shirts, the whole thing. And every penny you spend will help me pay for my children. They're very, very expensive. 
And every time you watch the show and click like and all those things, you're helping to pay for my children who want lots of cool things. I didn't lose my job to Blaine Gabbert. You did, Colin, not me. You did. Now, of course, Blaine Gabbert would probably do this show much better as well, but that's a totally different story. He's not trying, okay? It's stewdoesmerch.com. Use the promo code STU10. You'll get 10% off your entire order. And, Colin, a sincere congratulations to you and yours. You're beginning a wonderful new journey, so, so long as Blaine Gabbert allows it to happen. Back in a minute. Anything is justified in preventing them from taking office, is it? No, no. You know what's not justified? Using armed violence oh. to try to kill people in oh, the Capitol. Yeah. That's not justified. That's Answer not. this question. Huh? Is it, was it, enter this question. Well, it is was the it appropriate? The question is, was, was it press? appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that? He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? Of course. You no, don't but follow I mean, this. Saying you you gotta... know for a fact that that's what they did? I don't know what they did. I know, because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Reiner, not the, uh, not the sharpest uh, pencil in the drawer. Um, it's interesting because the an- if he was just being honest, the answer to his question was, w- is there anything to justify? Uh, anything that, would you do anything to make sure that they are not in power. And of course, Rob Reiner's answer to that, honestly, is yes. The answer is just simply yes. They would, they would push down any story to make sure that they were not in power. 100%. Now, you know, Trump is out there talking about this uh, a little bit t- today, and he's either saying he should just be put into the White House or they should start a new election tomorrow. That's not actually in the Constitution and not an available, neither one is an available option, sadly. Uh, but you can understand the frustration there. The media does do this to every Republican candidate. They do things just like this to every Republican candidate. That's not a that's not a stolen election. That's just an annoying media. Uh, and I think like to, to the point of when you look at this and you say, is it fair? The, the question is the answer to that is quite clearly no, but it doesn't matter to the left. They don't care. The ends justify the means. That's the way they look at life. And. That is the way that they handle these things. They acted as if it was not real when it clearly was. Uh, And now they're editing even more material. Libs of TikTok uh, locked out of Twitter again. Uh, Multiple times this has happened to uh, the the account Libs of TikTok. And there's never really a good reason for it. It's like, well, we didn't really want you to post that thing we already posted publicly. (laughs) That's not a good argument, but it seems to work with all these social media companies. And finally, uh, the 2024 contenders, uh, there's a new poll out and says the most popular guy on the left is none other than Bernie Sanders. They're feeling the burn still to this day. Isn't that incredible? What's interesting is if you have a first place in Republican, first place Democrat, that matchup is Biden-Trump, right? That's what everyone's talking about. But, you know, Trump might not even run. Biden might not be able to speak. Who knows? The, the, then there's the 2A and 2B choices. The 2A choices, you get a lot of conversation about Kamala Harris and Ron DeSantis. But the 2B choices in every poll, pretty much, are the same, which is Bernie Sanders and Mike Pence. Would, <laughs> would it not be really, really weird if the matchup wound up being Bernie Sanders and Mike Pence? I don't know that I can comprehend that 
possibility. It's very unlikely, but it is choice number three at this moment. Make sure to review the podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. You can get the show for free. I mean, you might as well click subscribe. It takes you no time at all. Uh, five stars from uh, this reviewer says, Stu is nice to sleep to. Five quiet, non-expletive stars. Well, first of all, thank you for the stars. Secondly, if I'm nice to sleep to, I'm the opposite of woke, which, uh, which makes a lot of sense. YouTube is also where we have the show. Uh, Facebook, it's all over the place. But if you go to YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube right now, click like. Here's some comments. Uh, Jared writes, love the show. I wish more people knew about it. Yeah, no kidding, Jared. What are you doing? Are you out there in the streets yelling at people to listen to this show? Now I've woken up the first reviewer. I'm sorry about that. And Felicity writes, been listening to Stu Penda's show since the beginning. So I got to ask, is that your only suit? Otherwise, five freaking stars. Um, I have two suits, okay? Um, they're identical, um, but I do have two suits. I have like four or five shirts, two ties, and five tie clips now. So I'm pretty much set for any possible circumstance. 